We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, in Psalm 44, it says, God knows the secrets of the heart, and nothing is hidden from His sight. He sees everything. He knows everything. The thoughts, the intents of our hearts. You know, we as Christians can do the same thing that these elders did. We can appear spiritual on the outside and godly on the outside and holy, you know, outwardly, but inwardly we can have idols in our hearts. Psalm 44 says, God knows the secrets of the heart, and nothing is hidden from his sight. In today's message, Pastor Dan teaches on this and will challenge you to evaluate your heart. You may appear spiritual and holy on the outside, but how are you doing on the inside? Maybe you know what your hidden idols are, or maybe you don't. Either way, go before the Lord and ask Him to reveal them to you. God desires to be in relationship with you, but your idols will always hinder that relationship. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So Ezekiel chapter 14, well, remember Ezekiel is living in Babylon, he's in exile, Uh, God has called him to be a prophet to the Jewish people that are in exile in Babylon in the captivity, and chapter 14 can be divided into two major sections. The first section is a prophecy about the elders of Israel there in Babylon. And then the second section is about the destruction of Jerusalem and the certainty of that destruction. It's unavoidable, as we're going to see in the second half of chapter 14. Uh, Each of the two sections in chapter 14 begin with the phrase, and the word of the Lord came to me. Uh, You see in verse 2, and the word of the Lord came to me. And then down in verse 12 begins the second section of Chapter 14, the word of the Lord came again to me. So those are the two divisions in this chapter. Verse 1 tells us, Now some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me in Ezekiel's home there in Babylon. These are the elders over the Jewish people in the captivity in Babylon. So they still had elders, uh, you know, leaders over the people that were in the captivity. These elders, remember, they visited Ezekiel's house once before and sat with him in his living room uh, back in chapter 8. And they come again now in chapter 14 to sit with Ezekiel in his home. They knew Ezekiel was a prophet. 
And they're there to seek the Lord. They're there to hear from the Lord, to inquire of the Lord, to receive a word from the Lord through the prophet Ezekiel. And I mentioned this back when we were in chapter 8, that this is the beginning of the synagogues among the Jewish people. They began in Babylon among the Jewish people that were in exile because they were unable to go to the temple in Jerusalem. And so they began to meet in homes while they were in Babylon. In the absence of the temple, they met in homes to discuss the scriptures. And the synagogues grew from the Babylonian captivity of people meeting in homes together to discuss the scriptures because they could not go to the temple And we're told here, as they were sitting with Ezekiel in verse 2, that the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, these men, the elders, have set up their idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired of at all by them? While they were meeting together in Ezekiel's house, God spoke to Ezekiel and revealed to Ezekiel the hearts of the elders or what was in the hearts of the elders. You know, in the New Testament, we're told that the Holy Spirit gives different gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit to people in the body of Christ. And each believer has a gift, at least one gift of the Holy Spirit One spiritual gift. Uh, If you're taking notes, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are listed for us in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. And there's a specific list of gifts that are given. And it's not like, sometimes when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we confuse that with uh, a talent, you know, or an ability to do something. So we're not talking about like, you know, the ability to play guitar. That's not a gift of the Holy Spirit. There's specific gifts of the Holy Spirit that are mentioned there in those passages that I listed for you. And we're told that the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the edification and the exhortation of the church. And often those gifts are exercised during small group meetings, like a home group meeting, or when you're meeting with someone one on one. Or you're meeting with, you know, just two or three people over coffee and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are working in a very natural way during that conversation. Well, here, as Ezekiel was in this meeting in his living room with the elders, God supernaturally gave him insight into their hearts. And this would be an example of what is called a word of knowledge in the New Testament. A word of knowledge. Paul talks about the spiritual gift of the word of knowledge in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. A word of knowledge is when the Holy Spirit reveals something to you about a situation or about a person's circumstances, and it's knowledge that you wouldn't know naturally. It's just something that the Holy Spirit reveals or impresses upon your heart or upon your mind about a circumstance, a situation, or someone's personal circumstances. I'll give you one example I've experienced. I've seen the word of knowledge gift used many times. One in particular, uh, this was many years ago. I was at a pastor's conference out in California. I was sitting with a a good friend of mine, and there were about a thousand pastors in the sanctuary. 
And during kind of one of the breaks, this guy walks up to my friend. He's never seen him before. I've never seen him before. And he says to my friend, hey, I don't know if this means anything. This may seem kind of weird to you, which is a lot of times, you know, that's the Holy Spirit uh, when you're apologizing for what you're about to say uh, because it seems so strange. So this guy walks up to my friend and says to him, uh, I know this may sound strange to you, but I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you that you are supposed to be the pastor of that church. Even though you're so young, God wants you to be the pastor and he doesn't want you to quit. Well, I didn't know that my friend was thinking about quitting and was feeling uncertain about his calling to be the pastor because of the circumstances in which he became the pastor of that church. And he's a young guy. uh, And it was something that he was wrestling with. And here's this stranger. He doesn't know this guy's story. He doesn't know anything about him. But that's a word of knowledge. The Lord laid it upon his heart to go talk to my friend about staying in his calling and staying in that pulpit as the pastor of that church. It's a word of knowledge. In this case, the Lord showed Ezekiel that the elders, it says that they had set up idols in their hearts. Now understand outwardly, the elders, they're seeking God. I mean, they're at Ezekiel's house. They're at the house of the prophet. They're there to hear from the Lord. They're there to receive a word from the Lord. They're seeking God outwardly, but inwardly. They had idols set up in their hearts. Outwardly, they appeared godly. But inwardly, they were idolatrous. It's something that you wouldn't know just by looking at them or observing them. It's in their hearts. This is something that God had to reveal. Because it wasn't obvious. You couldn't see it. But God could see it. God could see the idolatry in their heart. You know, in Psalm 44, it says, God knows the secrets of the heart and nothing is hidden from his sight. He sees everything. He knows everything. The thoughts, the intents of our hearts. You know, we as Christians can do the same thing that these elders did. We can appear spiritual on the outside and godly on the outside and holy, you know, outwardly, but inwardly we can have idols in our hearts. And we can walk around thinking nobody really knows or nobody even sees it. Or we may not even be aware that we have set up these high places or these idols in our own heart. But we can. What do we mean when we say that, when we say that we can have an idol in our heart? Now, certainly we don't have a little statue like they had. We don't have a little statue that we bow down to worship or pray to or anything Uh, Like that. Well, idolatry, an idol, is anything or anyone that receives our admiration and devotion more than God. An idol is anything or anyone that receives our admiration and devotion more than God. You remember the first commandment in the book of Exodus, chapter 20. The very first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. It's literally, you should have no other gods in my sight. God says, I don't even want to see any other gods in your life. He doesn't want our devotion divided. He doesn't want our hearts 
divided. God wants to be preeminent in all things. Preeminent in all things in our lives. You know, in the Gospels, the strongest words Jesus spoke were against the hypocrisy of the religious leaders in his day. He said to the religious leaders, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. Outwardly they looked clean. Outwardly they looked right. Outwardly they looked righteous, but inwardly they were full of uncleanness and corruption and sin. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. We can be guilty of hypocrisy. We can be guilty of hypocrisy. We can look clean on the outside, but be full of uncleanness on the inside. And God sees what's on the inside. He sees that inward uncleanness. He sees that hidden sin that no one else sees. It's not hidden from him. He's not fooled by a facade that we can put up. So the elders here, they're the elders. They're outwardly clean, but inwardly they have idols in their hearts. And look at verse 3 again. Not only do they have idols that they have set up in their hearts, these high places, but they look at verse 3. They put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. They kept putting before themselves things that caused them to stumble into sin. You know that there are certain things that will cause you to stumble into sin. We all have things that will cause us to stumble into sin. Every time. Man, every time that's before you, you go down. Now, just to give you kind of a, maybe a lighthearted example, it's not really sin, uh, but for me, I love chocolate chip cookies. Right? Anytime there's chocolate chip cookies around, I eat them until I get sick, beyond the point of enjoying them. If my wife or kids are baking chocolate chip cookies, I will eat cookie dough until I get sick and then eat the cookies after they come out of the oven to make myself sicker than I already was. Anytime they're put before me, I'm going to eat them. Yeah, I just can't, you know, anytime it's put before me. That's, so because of that, I don't want them in our house all the time because I don't have any self-control when they're around. But I'm not intentionally going, I'm not going out and buying cookies. I'm not intentional about it. But if they're there, I'm going to eat them. 
And there are certain things that just cause us to stumble. That if they're put before you, maybe you're not seeking it out, you're not going out and looking for it, but if it's before you, you're going to trip over it. And that's what the elders of Israel, those that were in Babylon, they're putting these things before themselves, these things which cause them to stumble into iniquity. If there are certain things or certain people, certain relationships that always stumble you into sin, remove those things from your life. Don't be like the Israelites and keep putting them in front of you and keep putting that temptation in front of yourselves. The Israelites were setting before themselves the things that caused them to stumble into iniquity. And so they kept stumbling into iniquity. Don't put those things before you. You know, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we're exhorted to throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. There are some sins that easily entangle us. There are some sins that easily trip us up. And you can probably think of what those sins are. You probably don't even have to think about it. You you know. You know the things that will trip you up every time. And we're to throw off those things. If we keep putting those opportunities before us, we'll just keep stumbling into that sin. Romans 13, 14 says, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Stop providing the opportunity for the flesh. Cut off the opportunity. The elders of Israel, instead of cutting off the opportunity, they kept creating the opportunity. They kept making provision for the flesh. They kept putting these things in their path that they stumbled over and stumbled into iniquity. And here's why it's important. Because our iniquity affects our closeness with God. Our iniquity affects our closeness with God. Look at the end of verse 3. At the end of verse 3, the Lord says, Should I let myself be inquired of at all by them? I mean, I, they're coming to Ezekiel to ask Ezekiel to inquire of the Lord on their behalf. But God knows they've got idols in their hearts. God knows they keep putting these things before themselves that just stumble them into iniquity. And God says, should I even let them inquire of me? Should I even let them pray to me? I mean, I know what they've got going on in their heart. Is this even right? You know, in Psalm 66, it says, If I cherish iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not listen. It's not that he can't listen, or he's unable to listen. He chooses not to listen. If I cherish iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not listen. And so it affects our closeness with God. It affects our relationship with God. And our love for God should compel us to remove the idols out of our hearts. And our love for God should compel us to remove those things that always stumble us into iniquity. We shouldn't want anything in our lives that grieve the heart of God and negatively impact our relationship with them. Now look at verse 4. Therefore, the Lord is speaking to Ezekiel here. Therefore, speak to them and say to them, thus says the Lord God, 
every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols. That, here's why, I may seize the house of Israel by the neck. doesn't say the neck, does it? I'm going to wring your neck. That's not what God says. He says that I may seize the house of Israel by their heart. Because they are all estranged from me. By their idols. God says I'm going to answer them. They're inquiring of me, even though they've got these idols and these things that are stumbling them into sin. God says, I'm going to answer them. But he says, I'm going to answer them according to the multitude of their idols. In other words, God says, I'm going to deal with their idolatry. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, they might be asking the Lord about something. And the Lord, you know, ignores their question and says, let's talk about your idolatry instead. Since you're here, I'm going to bring up their idolatry and I'm going to address their idolatry and deal with them about their idolatry. And God says that I may seize the house of Israel by the heart. What a statement that God makes here. God wants their heart. He wants their heart and God will use. Listen, God will use the Babylonian conquest and the Babylonian captivity so that he may seize their heart. He's going after their heart. And he's going to use their destruction to grab hold of their heart. Isaiah the prophet said, these people honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. God wants their heart, not their words, not lip service. He doesn't want them just to say the right things. But God wants their heart. You know, a prayer that Jewish people prayed every day, once in the morning, once in the evening. Uh, Many devout Jews still pray it today, twice daily, once in the morning, once in the evening. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's called the Shema. You're probably familiar with that, most of you. The Shema, which is the Hebrew word for hear. And this is a prayer that they prayed every day. In the morning, at the beginning of the day. In the evening, at the end of the day, before they went to bed from Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, And with all your might, they prayed that twice daily. And many Jews, like I said, still pray that twice daily today. Jesus said that's the greatest commandment. Of all the commandments, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your might. And for the Jews, it was more than just a prayer. It was a creed. It was a declaration for the Jewish people. Twice daily, they were proclaiming their love for God, that they loved God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, and with all of their might. But it was just words. It was just words. 
it was their creed, but it wasn't their deeds, right? He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Reach true.